Hello and welcome back to the Schooner Pod. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. With me today, we've got, as usual, Jameson Maxwell, Ty Lee, and we are here to preview the uh, 2023 red-white game, uh, the OU football spring game. And uh, guys, look, every year this comes around and it's just a nice little OU football little beam Ooh. of light. Ooh, what's wrong? <laughs> no, Ty just Ooh. started playing it on his phone because he always tries to help our viewers, and I heard a little bit of Bobby in the background. <laughs> I, 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 I thought I was hearing things, for sure. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But the, the, the spring game's always like a little bit of a beam of light in a pretty long off-season, so I, I'm pretty pumped. Uh, what are you, how, how are you all guys feeling? Man, I am feeling so excited because it's like, I don't know if I'll be able to make an OU football game in person next year. So like this might be like my last time for a little bit Memorial stadium and spring games from what we saw last year. I understand it was the new era of Brent Venables. Like he's really trying to pump it up to where fans really want to come. And that's something that Lincoln Riley started too. Lincoln Riley made it a recruiting event and everybody wanted to go because they wanted to be there and say, I was there whenever the seven eyeballs went on Twitter. Brent Venables is doing something different. He's kind of, you know, bringing in nostalgia, bringing in big events, um, and the Kyler Murray statue, just you know, like with the Baker Mayfield statue, should bring in a lot of people. Yeah, no honky tonk, badonka donk, though. I'm oh man, that's such a bummer. Oh, it just—that's what gets people in the stadium. Like, come on, you got to use your brain. <laughs> Ty, are you excited? Are you excited about everything? Yeah, I'm excited for the spring game. Uh, this is still Brent Venables OU football, so OU will find a way to lose somehow. Uh, I'm not quite sure how, but that just seems to be the norm nowadays. But I, I'm excited for the spring game, all joking aside. And uh, it is, uh, it'll be interesting to see the team that, that develops. Obviously, that's what we're going to dive into and a new structure coming up for the spring game that we're going to touch on here just to begin for those that are unfamiliar or might be confused tuning into the spring game. But I will say just as a little teasing uh, I am certainly most looking forward to hopefully seeing a pretty physical team, which, you know, it's the spring game. So only so much you can read into how physical someone's being in the spring game. Uh, but I'm, I'm looking forward to our, our O-line specifically as a position group. And then uh, I think our linebackers on the defense, but we'll see as we continue to discuss. Yeah, for sure. We, uh, we got a really packed uh, uh, show for you today. Um, we're going to go into the structure and everything, you know, talk about some of the players to watch who we're excited to see, uh, of course, got to talk about the Kyler, uh, Murray statue getting unveiled. Uh, but there's a big announcement at the end and I'm very pumped to talk about that. Uh, I know Jameson is as well. Uh, and we'll, we'll get to that later, but first let's talk about this structure. As you mentioned, Ty, um, it's a bit interesting. It's not a, a standard, usually these red, white games, you know, the, the structure has changed a ton over the years, back and forth. Uh, this year is a little bit different. There's a bit of an odd scoring system. So it's going to be a proper offense-defense, offense wearing red, defense wearing white. Um, offense is scoring. It's the exact same. It's uh, points, touchdowns, field goal, exploit, extra point. I, I guess punting is two points. I don't really know how that makes any sense. Uh, <laughs> Come on, they got to at least say like punt within the 20 yard line or something. Come on, give the punters some kind of, you know, you know, they do they not want to be accurate with their punting? Really? Yeah, I, I don't know what they mean by punt. 
it's it's a consolation trophy. It's legitimate participation trophy. That's what it is. And I don't like this culture that Brim Venables is putting out there by rewarding our team for a punt. Same thing as a two point conversion. I don't know. It's a it's a pretty that's a pretty bad. Uh, I don't know. Pretty bad example to set. What do you think, Ty? I don't know. I, I like you said. If it doesn't have a, because I haven't dug into it. If it doesn't have like a specific metric tied to it, I mean, regardless of what it is, it's it's not a useful sort of standard. You know, throw a pass. If you just say throw a pass is worth points. You know, is it completed? Is it not? Is there a, a yardage uh, associated with it? So I mean, it's just basic, basic everything. You know, you got to have some sort of standard tied to it. So I don't, I don't understand. Maybe typo. I it, there's no way I can justify but here's the just thing. two points for a punt. <laughs> On the defensive side, it's five points for a punt. So you why know don't what? you just I, do three points for a punt like, on the no, defense? No, no, wait, wait. What's going on? I completely, I completely, I completely, I completely forgot. My bad. Brent Venables, absolute genius. This does actually make 1,000% sense because foolish me, I forgot who our quarterback was. If oh, we even oh, make it to the go. point where we get a chance to punt it, if we even make it to the point where we go four downs without our quarterback throwing the ball or giving the ball to the other team, that is a victory. So I do like two points for punting rewards the offense for not turning it over. Bobby's left speechless. I, Just it, points it, for it, not it, messing the, up. I was on a, I was on like a different never tab trying to share to Facebook. I apologize. I was just trying to share to the people. Yeah, but they're just um, but, never going to yeah. go for it on fourth down, right? Like, you know, a turnover is seven points. Is turnover on downs going to be considered a turnover? You know, um, I mean, I feel like, oh, fourth down stop is seven points. Okay, so right. it's either seven points for a fourth down stop or you can just give them three points for punting. I, I still just don't think that they're going to punt much. I What's the point? And to be honest, you guys know that it's cupcake defense in spring games. How many opportunities are really even going to get to punt? Um, right, I, I think right. we're just going to go for it every time. You would think so, and they should. And they, you shouldn't incentivize punting. Um, and you know, just taking a look at you know, the defensive scoring, 12 points for a defensive touchdown, 7 for a turnover, 7 for a fourth down stop, uh, 7 for a missed field goal, 5 for a punt, uh, 4 for a made field goal, and uh, 3 for a sack. Two points for a pass breakup, two points for an extra point, a missed extra point, and two points for a missed uh, two point conversion for the defense. So, um, yeah, the odds are pretty stacked in favor of the defense, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, you've got to because it's just, I feel like, you know, you get a lot of quarterback running and you have to hold up on them, and the pass rush is essentially non existent. It seems like the quarterback can kind of wiggle his way in the pocket um, to avoid any kind of half-weighted rushers. Because any type of guy who's bull rushing on the defensive line, he has to immediately hold up if he gets too far because it's not worth it to hurt the quarterback. So the quarterbacks are just going to pick apart defense. So they need to give the defense some kind of advantage. So people are saying, like, you know, like you, oh, defense going to live it up. But the thing is, like, they need a handicap because they already are a little bit handicapped due to injury of the quarterback. That's fair. That's fair. I'm interested to see how it shakes out for sure. Ty, what do you what do you think about it? Yeah, you know, I mean, you never know uh, what the methodology is behind changing the scoring. I think maybe 
if you really read into it, I, I don't know that it's great for fan experience, but I, I think maybe if I were to give them the benefit of the doubt, it sounds like maybe they're trying to incentivize uh, sort of more normal game-like behavior. So maybe incentivize punting a little bit instead of just the traditional, you know, spring game, uh, you're playing a, a different game. So I don't know, maybe there's an attempt there to replicate maybe through manipulating the point system, a, a game that appears visually and, and plays out a little bit more like a normal game. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, I mean, it'll be interesting. I, I don't want, obviously we can sit here and, and make the jokes about it, but I'll, I'll give it a chance. You know, it's, it's the spring game. So what do we have to, to lose worst case scenario, you get to go out there and get that little teaser of a game day experience and uh, go see hopefully what the team has to offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think that, that I think that the biggest thing really to take away from this little edit that you put out with this, like the, the points and everything is really how it's, it's offense versus defense. It's not going to be like a combination of two different teams that we've seen in the past. You know, like sometimes I'd be like, I'm really curious to see, you know, what wide receiver one is going to look like next to wide receiver two, like, you know, Hollywood Brown next to CD lamb in the spree game. I'm, I'm curious how to see how it's going to look. And then sometimes you never know, like they get put on separate teams And this way. Like I won't have to worry about Jalil Farouk and Andrew Anthony, you know, lining up on the same field and seeing what that would look like, seeing Jalil Farouk kind of get possession of also make athletic plays and see what speed looks like on the opposite side. Um, we don't have to worry about who gets on separate teams. Jackson Arnold should be able to throw to who he wants to, um, who's ever in his rotation at the backup spot. Um, I think that's really good news for the fans for if you are interested in to see like certain relationships that the guys have already made. Yeah, you get a proper look at the actual units, which I think that's that is a huge plus. You know, what, what you see on offense and what you see on defense, that is going to be more representative of what you see you know, come fall. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I think that's pretty exciting. Um, do we want to talk about guys we want, we're excited to see uh, a couple highlight players? Um, because I, I feel like to me, the spring game is number one thing. I'm always interested to see uh, the new guys, uh, either transfers, recruits, etc. cetera. Um, it's never about the returning guys. Uh, that one, the last, uh, I suppose, Lincoln Riley's last spring game, I was all about seeing Caleb Williams over Spencer Rattler because I wanted to see what Caleb had to do. Um, and in this case, I don't know. Bobby Who was chanting for, for it. I heard him. He was right next to me. He was he was chanting for Caleb. <laughs> of course. Yeah, I was chanting, we want Caleb all the way back in, you know, April. There were fans doing it back then. They, they were. They were clamoring. I remember hearing fans that day saying, you know, I think Caleb Williams is a better quarterback than Spencer Rattler. And I think we talked about it on the podcast. He was. And we told them, he we was. Told them to shut in, up. The, in the spring game, he was. And we were yes, like, he oh, was. it's the spring yes, game. He, it's just because he was trying. We did a whole episode where we were like, no, guys, it's because Caleb Williams wanted to show out. He was trying really hard. No, he he just was. Uh, so Yeah. And Caleb Williams Spencer Rattler also didn't really try. Yeah. Spencer Rattler. Games. Has a bad attitude. 
Uh, no, he wants you to think he didn't try. He's just not good. Not true. Yeah. He was <laughs> trying. He was hey. trying. No, it's like, oh, I was bad because I didn't try. Was, but he's going to go on podcast and talk about how he's going to get, whenever he gets drafted, he's not going to say he's from Oklahoma and he doesn't want to get it up. Dude, stop getting ahead of yourself, dude. You you haven't played that well. Um, but like moving on from like that, that like, like, the, like we would be like, oh, we claim Spencer Rattler. No. Yeah, no, no. That doesn't make any sense. We don't, we don't have think fond about him at all. Yeah. He thinks he was like Marcus Dupree or, or something. He thinks he was like Quit. mistreated here or, or something like that. Oh my god! No, that wasn't a joke. Like I, he I know, he was I know, and I'm like... saying quit from Spencer's standpoint. Oh not yeah, from yours. yeah, it's like it's a classic uh, Madman line. You know, I I uh, I feel bad for you. I don't even think about. And then uh, John Hamm responds, uh, "I don't even think about you at all." So <laughs> that's, that's that's just the, the thing is, I don't re- go for it, go it. No, I, I was just saying, like, we, we don't really, even though we're sitting here on a podcast talking about him, but still, still, he brought it yeah, up. The, the thing is, a good transition to get us back on topic is the whole Caleb Williams spring game, what we saw from that, we might get really good performance from Jackson Arnold, but his mindset is completely different than Caleb Williams that year. Caleb Williams was a dog. He came in, he said, I don't care if I'm a freshman. I'm the best quarterback in the nation. I'm going to come in, and I'm going to yank this job from him, and I'm going to try my hardest to be that dude. And you could tell him and Spencer, you know, like they had an amicable relationship on the sidelines, but you could tell there was some tension. They're like, this guy's trying to take my job. It's um, the difference here with Jackson Arnold. He's came out publicly multiple, multiple times saying like, I am ready to learn under Dylan Gabriel. Um, Q tie joke. But like he wants to be a student of his game under a yeah. veteran who's been there and done that mm-hmm. and kind of play in his shadows because he knows like, yeah, I could go out there as a freshman, but how much would I go onto the scene as a sophomore if I went and learned, studied the game, and mastered it, and then came out and had my coming out party next year? For sure, it's. I mean that that makes a ton of sense, Bobby. I sorry, I, I'm going to steal it from you here. No, you got but it. it's like it's like when you're given a group presentation in class, and you know you're not the best presentation, but you know that this one group is just going to be terrible. You don't go first. You let the terrible group go first so that when it's your turn up, you look so much better. You know, the teacher is super excited. It's it's a project for Latin. The teacher's super excited. You're going to go, you know, everyone's got their little bedsheet togas on. And you know oh. that this one group didn't do their homework. And you know that it's your time to shine. If you just sit back, you say, you know what? I don't want to go first. I'll let them go first. So you let Dylan Gabriel go first. He does this presentation. He looks terrible. Teacher's day is ruined. And then here you come. Your time to shine. That's what it is. Quit. Jameson over here <laughs> having PTSD to Latin projects, getting thrown into a kiddie pool. I, I didn't know where Ty was going to go with that. We've made many a videos and many a projects. Uh, I've always been a type of guy who loves Everyone. going first. Because let me tell you something. If you go first, if you are bad, there's no one to compare you to. People always remember, you know, the next person after you. That's mm. fine if you if you yeah, your but performance see, will, but his performance will be forgotten comparative. If, is, you know, if Dylan Gabriel plays bad and Jackson Arnold plays good after him, but if Jackson Arnold played first, played really good, Dylan Gabriel comes and plays bad, I guarantee you there'd be more comparison. Recency bias is mm. very strong. Yeah, and I, I think, I. I don't think there's anything anywhere close to a quarterback controversy at all at OU. No, um, zero. But yeah, no, it, it's in spite it's of my Gabriel. best efforts. <laughs> it's still Gabriel all the way, but it, it is one of those things where I don't know. If Jackson Arnold really lights it up, I could see people 
you know, in, in some corners of the internet, uh, like this podcast. This um, podcast. This this exact podcast. Uh, Our representative for Jackson Arnold to start. Hey, He's but, but we called we called those people crazy with Caleb Williams. No, but the yeah. thing is. That the is thing true. Is, you know, you never, you never know. You never know. And we didn't have a clear QB two last year. Like our clear QB two last year is now playing tight end snaps in practice this week. Um, now it's very clear. Oh God. Yeah. Bevel doing the tight end uh, reps. That's um, interesting for sure. Uh, the tight end depth is something that des- desperately needs to be addressed um, in the portal. Honestly. You know, there's still people that believe that the general booty moving to tight end is real. That April Fool's <laughs> joke. There's still people like I heard someone the other day talking. About, I was like, yeah. And you hear general booty moved to tight end. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, did, no. did OU ever say defense. April Fool's to it, though? In, in their defense. <laughs> yeah. It makes so much sense, though, because that's the natural career progression for someone that comes into college as a quarterback and it's just not there it's just not clicking they almost always get moved to tight end so it's hard to yeah tim tebow in the nfl even like it's it's um i mean i could continue to to point out examples but it's always a hans franz from tcu hans Uh, franz that's right (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so it's a that was a kind of a tricky one um so I, cause I could still see him getting moved to tight end, but uh, I think while we're on the topic of the offense, this might be kind of a good, a good segue into just maybe naming kind of like we do game balls, offensive players we're looking forward to seeing not to jump ahead, but I, yeah, no, absolutely. It's time to kind of get to it. Like a bit of a pre ball. Yeah, yeah just go I'll go for, for I'll go first. <laughs> let me, let me go first Ty, Cause I've already got okay. mine. That, no, I, didn't, my name I don't have up. anyone. I don't yes, have I've anyone got, at all. So. <laughs> I've, got, I've, got, I've got two, and here's my mindset on it, because with this offense versus defense setup, it is, like I said, a different game than what we're expecting to. So in the past, we're like, you know, like Bobby said, I'm curious to see these new guys, these early enrollees, these transfers, um, these guys that might not be a starter, but I'm excited to see them. You know, we can, I can, let me just name the early enrollees just so people know that these are the guys in this 23 class that are going to be there. Um, and the ones that you don't hear are probably not enrolled already. And some of these guys are hurt and won't be playing, but PJ out of Bawari, obviously a t- guy on defense. People will be looking at Jackson, Arnold, Josh Bates on the offensive line, Peyton bone, Kendall Dolby, the D back Caden green, getting first team reps at left tackle right now was Rouse being hurt. Caleb Hicks running back, Derek LeBlanc, Eric McCarty is out. He's hurt. Bill Bachotti, Ashton Sanders, Dalen Smothers, Macari Vickers, Josiah Wagner are the early enrollees. So look for those names, but with this new format, um, not to be too long-winded, I'm looking for guys in this game that might be actually getting reps in with the ones that are new and that would be fun. Because I want to see guys that are actually going to go contribute for this team come the fall. We got all excited about Jaden Gibson last year. We're like, wow, look what he did in the spring game. And then we barely saw him throughout the year. So I don't want to put my eggs in one basket of some young guy that we're probably not going to see too much of. But I think Andrew Anthony is the guy that I want to look at. He's got the speed on the team that we haven't had at the wide receiver position for a while. And he's just wowed in practice. Um, I want to see what the coaches have been seeing. And I want to see why Michigan didn't give him enough run. I know he got a little bit, but why did he leave and come to OU? Um, Whatever, you know, Michigan's got a pretty good system up there for um, passing as of recently. So 
Uh, they, that's the guy by far I'm looking at the most whenever they come under the field for the first time because he should be starting. Yeah, I I had Anthony, Anthony circled as well in my head. Um, I mean, we we've seen the highlights. He's he's an absolute burner. Uh, and he seems like a guy who can really make an impact um, in a spring game type environment where, you know, you're not going to circle, even though I've, I think Adebawara is incredible, in a, in a game where you can't properly hit the quarterback, where intensity, physicality is t- tuned down a little bit, that doesn't, you know, impact as much. But a guy like Andrew Anthony, you know, where you can really show those flashes, uh, that that's going to be there. Um I'm I'm I I would say all things considered the wide receiving core is is definitely up there. Um obviously Anthony being the highest one for sure, but um let's talk a little bit about Nick Anderson. I've heard good things about him in practice. Rodney Anderson's little brother would love to see him tear it up. Would be pretty cool. Always love a, a sooner legacy going out there tearing it up. Uh on the other side of the ball, Peyton Bowen as uh, as a freshman. This is a guy who should it should likely see first team snaps like quite a few. And I feel like, I feel like the secondary and the wide receivers are where you see like the truest form of um, competition in this uh, sort of event. And I think, um, I think that it could be a place where he could step up and really uh, make a name for himself or the show out. So I'm going to go with Peyton Bowen as my original kind of, kind of pick here. So we're doing, I'm sorry. Go ahead and do your offense and defense, Ty, and then I'll hit hit my defense at the end. You know what? I have have, have two. No, it's okay. I just got a little mixed up because I was doing my reading. So at the the start of this segment, Bobby talked about how he's excited, or or y'all talked about how you're excited to see the the new guys, not necessarily the, the returning guys. I personally, I also like seeing the returning guys, but... I want to fit, you know, the general vibe of the podcast. We're talking about the new guys today, right? So what am I to do but to find that gray area that I also love on these segments and find a returning guy that's also a new guy? My man, our man, everyone's favorite tight end, Austin Stogner, coming back to OU. He realized he he became wise to the fact that Spencer Rattler was the problem uh, he has returned. <laughs> I don't want to put words in. Well, are you going to be a Dylan Gabriel believer or, or what is it? <laughs> I know. No, I would rather have Spencer Rattler on this team right now. I'll say that right. I hate, I loathe Spencer Rattler. Oh my Rattler. God. I wish he would come back just for what this What did year. Dylan Gabriel uh, ever do? Like, uh, what, what do you mean? We're si- we were six and mean, seven but, last yeah, year. Dylan Gabriel we were six it. and seven last year, Bobby. It wasn't Dylan Gabriel's fault. Though. It wasn't his fault. It wasn't not he his does fault. Ha- he does have some part of the blame. I'll give that to Ty. But yeah, not he wasn't great. He wasn't perfect. I, but I, I think I'd rather put up with the dip in quality between Gabriel and, and Radler for Obviously, just him being this a more just... likable dude. <laughs> No, this is going to go off the rails. We would at least be seven and six if we had Spencer Rattler. There it is. That's it. That's that's what we, we need. At we would have beaten Florida <laughs> Florida State. I don't think it would have been Florida State. No, no. we would have beat someone. We almost beat him. Spencer Rattler can at least is. he can kind of run. Dylan Gabriel can kind of run. 
Yeah, it's a Dylan big Gabriel no. can kind of run more than Dylan Spencer Gabriel Rattler can, can kind of run. Kind of like run. Tom Brady can kind of run. No, and Tom Brady hit, can't run. Sit Tom Brady can't run at all. Uh, Tom Brady probably has more rushing touchdowns. I'll pull up that dude a QB sneak king, though. Okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but that, is that what I said? No, so anyways, okay. Austin Stogner returning. Uh, it's good to have a good, experienced tight end. Um, like, I don't want to say he's necessarily bringing something – from too different of a system. Obviously his coach for his time at South Carolina was in fact a coach at Oklahoma. Uh, we love coach Beamer here, but uh, yeah, I'm excited to see him coming back sort of returning from a sabbatical and, and maybe integrating some stuff from there. Also on the offense, I have Andrew rain because I think that all joking aside, I, Dylan Gabriel is not as bad as my bits. Um, say but i do think he needs some help and i don't think we realistically have an option to replace him and that's that's fundamentally the dylan gabriel issue is he's most probably the best thing that we have and just complaining about something if you don't have a solution for it doesn't really do much so we're not going to do any better by replacing our quarterback that's for certain unless something crazy happens anything's possible so it's really on the line and this line specifically i mean out of you know, the five guys on your O-line, we lost three. And we lost three that went to the mm-hmm. went to the draft. You know, we didn't just lose three. We we had three go to the draft. That is a big deal. So two returners on your line, that's a massive, massive turnover rate. And I'm really excited to see Andrew Rame specifically, not necessarily for his performance as an individual player, although I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to see him as a leader on this team. You know, it's the spring game, so you're only getting so much – but I'm, I'm talking about that in between the plays. Is he talking to people? Is he pointing stuff out when he sees mistakes? Is he being that leader on the field before it has to go to, you know, the coaches or someone else? That's what I'm really looking forward to. And I think that'll be a really good indicator of how this line is going to perform down the road because five, five stars on your line that aren't working together, arguably much worse than five two stars on your line that are all in lockstep working together the entire time, at least when it comes to the O-line. Here's the thing, Kai, a little bit of a practice inside thing that I read. Andrew Rame, like this week, got thrown out of practice because he was arguing with one of the grad assistant coaches. And he's a senior. You know, we thought, you know, when we say like, oh, this is a smart, level-headed, big guy who's strong. And you think, oh, is it going to be Creed Humphrey 2.0? You know, like this is a guy that's from – you know, Oklahoma, you you already make comparisons. It's easy. He's a senior, and I understand he's been hurt recently. But like you said, Ty, he needs to step up, become a leader on this offensive line because McKay Metallier next to him showed that he wasn't the strongest option at guard, but we really don't have much guard depth. Savion Bird will be the other guard starting. He's got – he showed a lot of promise but has a lot to prove, a lot to prove this season. And then left tackle Walter Rouse is hurt. So Caden Green, true freshman, is giving first-team reps all throughout this past couple weeks, months. So, like, you're talking about one guy to like that needs to actually play well. It's going to be Caden Green as a that's like on the freshman. He needs to play well because we need someone at left tackle to step up and be that dude. Um, and then Tyler Guyton showed some promise as well. There's a lot of guys who showed promise mm-hmm. on the offensive line. I need to see it. Um, Caden Green is like um, we had a question from 1982 in the chat. Who are the guys who need to play well? And I'm going to say need, like really, really emphasize. It's Caden Green needs to play well. There's a couple of young guys on the offense that'll be fun to see them play well. They don't need to play well. We need the offensive line, young guys 
to go out and play well so we can have some more depth. I mean, I mean, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a, I feel like every year we have this recently, we've had um, not a fully complete line where you have like a mix of young guys, a mix of old guys, um, but it hasn't been a total complete unit like we've mm-hmm. seen in previous years under Beatonbow. Um, and these young guys are going to have to be it. I don't know if they'll be it this year. They have to be it this year if, um, you know, Oklahoma wants to make a run at anything, uh, if they want to make a run at the big, winning a Big 12 again, or um, obviously, you know, it, the, I don't know what our, what our borderline is or if that's our expectation this year, given how, frankly, how crap we were last year. But um, if they want to make a run at anything seriously, they – they're going to have to step up and perform in the preseason. You can say anything. Hey, people are saying Colorado is going to have above 500. So you can say anything in the preseason. Yeah. Dion, Dion Sanders kid is going to win the uh, Heisman, you know, oh, all no. that good stuff. I, I, that's I, that is arguably more likely than Colorado going above 500. <laughs> How that scenario would play out is... I, I don't know how they go under 500 and he's the Heisman, but you know what? Shoot your shot. Oh, my gosh. Just, but, yeah, getting back on topic, let's let's talk defense. I know Bobby hinted at Peyton Bowen. And then the other answer, need who needs to play well. Um, I don't know if Peyton Bowen needs to play well, but I'd really like to see him play well um because we want difference makers at the safety. I think Billy Bowman can be that type of person. Can Peyton Bowen be next to Billy and make our safeties become extreme playmakers that I don't feel like are liabilities on the defense for years. Now, I feel like we've always had liabilities at the safety position where our last unit of defense, um, that where a lot of the things break through on the defensive line, the linebacking level, um, our safeties kind of just botch it. Um, so it'd be nice to have extreme athletes back there, but a guy that I think needs to come out and I hope to see doing really well. And I hope he plays, in the spring game, and to be honest, with you, I'm not sure if he will. Is Gentry Williams? That's the guy I'm looking for. Whenever you go out there, he had that scare where he collapsed in practice, but now he's been doing light work on the side, and I, I don't know if he's fully back in. Um, but if he's back in practice, he's got pads on. He should have cleared all of his cardiac testing that they said he was doing. They would have not let him be playing at all if he had some kind of cardiac thing that'd make him at risk of passing out on the field and having like a scary event, but he's the guy who should be the shoe in um, quarterback replacement for Jane Davis, leaving the transfer portal, absolute extreme athlete harboring the guys that are here in Oklahoma and turning them into success stories is another big, big thing. I think Gentry Williams having success coming from Tulsa to Oklahoma, starting as a young guy and making a big splash is huge for this program in their future. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I absolutely, absolutely agreed. Gingery Williams, you know, really getting a guy from Tulsa and take and taking him to the next level would be huge, of, of course. But also just and generally just getting back, just getting back to normalcy after that scare getting more live action you know type of play uh putting that behind you that's big so hopefully he's uh able to rebound and and do well yeah ty who's your guy because i got a couple other guys on defense i want to talk about after i have 
I have sort of a general uh, defensive thing, and I think I'll pass it back to you and then and then maybe bounce it back. But generally defensive, I, I do want to say this is something that I don't necessarily know how much you can really read into too much. I think the defense scoring-wise, obviously we touched on the scoring of the game, but I think when it comes to replicating real-life games and, and showing what your – your force is actually capable of. I think defense is at a pretty big disadvantage in the spring game because they're always having to, you know, hold something back. And and I do think that maybe we might not get a, a super accurate representation when it comes to the defense. Obviously, this goes for all of the position groups, but uh, I think the defense as a whole is is severely disadvantaged in in the way that they have to uh, to go with this. I I know that. You know, it's it's just one of those things where if you're not going 100, because so much of the defense is is based around you know a a violence of action, I suppose. I, I can't think of a another term. And, and going out there and you know putting your face mask on his numbers and hitting someone, and and that's just not really what's what's going. You're not trying to ring people's bell in the spring game, so there is a bit of a disadvantage there. Uh, so I didn't want to say that uh, when it comes to the defense. Yeah, no, I think you're totally right. I mean, they literally cannot uh, hit the quarterback. He's wearing a blue shirt. So that's from the get-go. That automatically, you know, changes the nature of things. It's not going to be a proper full-speed football game, which makes it kind of difficult to evaluate. Yeah, and that's what makes it so sad that one of the most exciting guys on the defense that is a newcomer that we'd want to see in full effect going out there and making plays is Rondell Bothroyd. He's the guy that they've been talking a lot about in practice of like being the answer defensive end that we didn't have last year. Like, you know, Reggie Grimes and Ethan Downs, we're thinking they could be a decent pass rush defensive ends for us at the beginning of the season, but that's just because they bully lesser opponents. Whenever you got bigger guys in the offensive line, their bull rushing did not work, and they needed more speed and more finesse. Rondo Bothroyd's got some finesse. He can get to the quarterback, and he seems like he's been causing some troubles. It sucks that, you know, defensive line, defensive ends really can't show up too much in this game, but I'll still be watching them. Um, but if you want to talk about, like, a guy that's, you know, that might actually be a starter for us or kind of, like, do this, like, back and forth, might be starting, might not be, is uh, Reggie Pearson, Texas Tech transfer, big hitter. Um, looks like him and Key Lawrence have kind of been s- swapping back on with the ones. It seems like they're in c- some kind of like you know battle, and I feel like Key Lawrence is a guy that like we thought, oh man, he's pretty good piece for us. Whenever he played cornerback for us, and he shut down a cornerback, like oh man, this is a guy that I feel pretty good and our, should be one of our top four defensive backs and should be at on the field at all times. Now it's getting to the point where. I don't know. Reggie Pearson might go over and take his spot. Um, and I think that's real respect towards him. And I kind of want to see what he can bring. Yeah. Pearson uh, is a very interesting prospect for sure. He's a guy, keep in mind, uh, for those of you that don't remember, he's a guy that absolutely smoked the hell out of uh, Dylan Gabriel uh, in OU's um, last matchup with Texas Tech uh, in, in that overtime period. Uh, Ty, Ty's nodding. He remembers my kind of guy. Yeah, make him a captain. <laughs> I want him to do it again. Do it again yeah. in the spring. Do game. it again. Do it in the spring game. So we run the wildcat. And uh, in transition yeah. to bowl predictions, Reggie Pearson lays out Dylan Gabriel, and we don't see him a single game through the rest of the season. <laughs> he gets kicked oh, off the no. team because he pulls he pulls the longest yard hit where they're just both out for the remainder of the season. 
He's like, it was just instinct, man. I, I, could, I couldn't hold myself back. That dude That's put funny. it in his highlight tape. He said, I need another. I need, I need <laughs> two. His highlight tape when he transferred to OU. <laughs> it's um, hilarious. Uh, yeah. Yeah, here, here's my bold take for um, this spring bold game. Bold take. Um, and I don't – if you're saying, like, how bold, oh, bold. is it? Bold. I thought you bold. said here's my bold take. I was like, ooh, mm. we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're here. going back to the cheese it bold, baby. Back to the cheese it <laughs> um, But uh, with a better record, that's my take. Um, but uh, my actual bold take for this spring game is going to rely on the offense. Because I think with this point system, I think the defense is going to be aggressive in the secondary. I think they're going to be jumping routes. They're going to be the guys say like, ooh, I was the one who got those points on the scoreboard. How many times can defensive defenders without doing a pick six get on the scoreboard? Very little tonight. So I think they're going to be aggressive. And I think that's going to cause a lot of deep routes. I think they're going to get tricked. And I think there's going to be some guys going to be running free. So I'm going to say I think we get two 50-plus yard touchdowns. And you can guess who one of them is going to be. Um, but uh, Andrew Anthony is going to be one, and I think Gavin Freeman gets one as well off the slot, fifty-plus yard touchdown as well. That's my bold take. I could see Freeman getting some on some like little trickery, you know. Uh, Beaten Bow's the head coach for the red team, so I could see him, you know, getting weird with it. You, you wouldn't expect it from Beaten Bow, but I could see him getting tricky. Yes, yes, Beaten Bow. I'm about it. I'm about it. I need it. a, I need a trick play, a passing of the torch moment. I need a trick play pass to Stoops who passes it to Freeman for a touchdown, a, a true passing of the torch. So uh, people would moment. stop confusing but... them whenever they're running <laughs> down the middle of the field. It's whenever the, Gavin Freeman catches them to go Stoops. I'm like, oh, no, he's not. His number <laughs> no, isn't no. even close, guys. Oh, his number is very far oh, away from no. this. <laughs> oh, no. It's, uh, it's, we're it's, not gonna, they're literally we're just pulling the Tom Hanks and Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, but I, I did I did actually have a defensive player as as we're starting to move on. I, I didn't want to cap it off. I did have one specific defensive player uh, that I wanted to highlight personally. Okay, so Britt Venables has been very successful in his career as a whole. Obviously, you know, still getting his legs about him as a head coach. That's all right. But one of his hallmarks at Clemson, obviously, he was the defensive coordinator there, so he couldn't have had a hallmark on the offense. But his real hallmark at Clemson was the D-line. So Brent Venables, D-line, obviously our head coach, that's his thing. But this is the Schooner Pod podcast. That's why Pod's in the name. And one thing about the Schooner Pod, they have a weird affinity for a place down south called Texas State University. Why we have an affinity for Texas State yeah. uh, is beyond me. I think it's because it's the only school in Texas that uh, has academic standards lower than OU's. Uh, so that is that is <laughs> hey, a Texas selling Tech exists, man. <laughs> I, okay, yeah. If you if you acknowledge Texas Tech as a university, um, did you, you guys know? Sorry, as an aside, that yeah. Texas Tech University is the only reason, like champ, not one of the only reasons, but they saved the champagne industry. They made the I, cure for like a like a I problem have, with their vines, I, and they like cured the vines in champagne so they can oh like legitimately i went over there and like oh you guys are from texas we love texas tech people here because they cured our problems because of their biology labs you I told go, i go tech you, told, you told the people you told the people in europe that you're from texas 
Well, Ashley sometimes mm. says she would say that. Jameson, so, I mean. international, international <laughs> afraid to middies from Oklahoma. They Interesting news. Where'd you tell it's me you went to college? To explain that, though, because nobody knows what you went to college. Uh, why would I have to brag about education to these people? There's no point. I would just say where I'm from. I, I will say I love. Well, you told them you're Tech. from Texas. They asked where we're from, and Ashley said Texas because she's from she, Texas. It's probably oh, just goodness. a just a re, just a reaction. But I, I'll Gosh, say this: I love dude, how Texas Tech, Texas no, like, Tech, notably not smart, but when when booze was in danger, they stepped up <laughs> and got it fixed. All right, Todd. I thought that was too funny of a story to say. Go back and talk about it. No, that is good. I do. I believe it. No, not one bit. But uh, that is a fun – never let the truth get in the way of a good story. That's what I always say. Anyways, what I was going to say, you guys already know who I'm going to talk about. Defensive lineman Davion Sears, transfer from Texas State. Boco, we love us some Boco. Um, So, obviously, not a super flashy transfer. Didn't really even make a lot of news. It made the news for us. But uh, I love the storyline, and if – it. Say what you're going to say about Brent Venables as a head coach. I know I've said some some lines for for the sake of playing a character earlier on the podcast, but I still believe that he has the potential. And whether or not he's successful as a head coach, one thing I do know is that he is beyond a shadow of a doubt successful as a defensive coordinator and at picking out defensive linemen. So if he likes a guy and says, I'm going to take you as a transfer onto my team, because um, then you're looking at a, a college-level highlight reel, especially for a guy. I trust his instinct, and I think there's no one – I don't think there's very many people out there in the world that can really doubt Brent Venable's judgment when it comes to a defensive lineman. So I'm very excited to see, for the storylines, a D lineman coming over from Boco and hopefully making a tremendous impact on this Oklahoma team. Yeah, I love the Boca connection. Um, I'm very excited to see how he plays. Um, obviously, pretty pretty upside type of guy. I believe uh, two four seven had him as a as a four star transfer. So obviously not, you know, fresh off of um, you know high school or anything. He did end up at Boco after all. But um, no, I I I, I love it. I, I I think an experienced guy like that could really help. Uh, help invigorate the the d-line i'm i'm about it also i saw that another Bo- another oe player transferred to boco so that means we have two josh sooners eaton in uh san marcus was right the now. other one josh eaton uh, it was very recently one. oh well i'm proud of them they made they made a great decision good of, oh yeah i actually saw someone wearing a texas state shirt at costco today no free ads or anything but like mm. i swear i saw it they, they walked out <laughs> what I said I love it. I'm all for it. Yeah, and it wasn't Jameson. So first time I've seen that. So um, do we want to just kind of whip out? <laughs> Whoa, that, that game all frog. Uh, do some bold predictions really <laughs> yes. quick. Yes, I already it, said mine. We so still have quite a bit yours. to go. Yeah, y'all take yours so, out. So Jameson has out. And I already took mine Jameson out. Jameson whipped his out earlier. So I'll I'll whip mine out. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna. Uh, I'll say this. I think I think Peyton Bowen's the player of the game. I think he has. Uh, I think he has a pick six touchdown. And uh, I know that sounds spicy, but that's a whole twelve no, points for I the for the it. white team. But I think he. I think he really shows out and has a massive, massive game. Ty, what about you, Ty? Um, 
Gosh, I don't know. I, bold predictions for the spring game, I feel like, is just such a – I don't know. Because it, it, it's it's a practice. So, I mean, practice. We're, talk, we're talking about practice. Um, but, goodness, I, I don't know. I, I think my most optimistic bold prediction – is and I, I'm not at all. I, I'm not at all trying to play a character here. I know the lines get so blended uh, because I have so many of these real takes in real life too. But I think my bold prediction is I like. Uh, I think it was Jameson called two fifty-plus yard touchdowns. I think bold prediction. It it clicks with Dylan Gabriel. Hopefully, this is this is my prayer. This is my curse. Um, bold prediction, we get two 50-plus yard wide-open touchdowns, and he actually completes the pass. So oh, that's my bold prediction. And I'm not saying that as a joke. I'm not <laughs> saying that as a joke because I'll make the joke about he can't hit a, a long pass because he can't <laughs> accurately. It. He can't accurately, yeah. Or in the in the past at Oklahoma, he cannot. So I, my bold prediction, hopefully it clicks for him. I hope it clicks more too. I definitely hope it clicks more. All right, let's move on to um, another big event of spring game. Kyler Murray statue getting unveiled. Um, this is pretty, pretty cool. It's the last statue that we know of that's going up uh, soon for OU. Um, and Kyler, I think has a, to me, a bit of a significance um, because not only did it, did, his finals or his season occur on my last year at OU, but also uh, it was our first year podcasting Jameson, the, the uh, inaugural schooner pod uh, season was the Kyler year. So a lot of cool trips down memory lane for me. It's cool looking at these and being like, Oh, I remember podcasting about this one or, Oh, I remember remember that Texas game. Very, very uh, prominently. All the things that I said, I was, I said, you're not Michael Vick. Stop holding the ball. So crazy, but that's probably going to be his Heisman pose anyways. Oh yeah. Holding the ball like out this far. Yeah, Yeah. no, definitely. It was, it's funny listening back to some of those because we were, we were pretty harsh on, I wouldn't say pretty harsh on Kyler because we were like, he's really good. But it was wasn't until like kind of the end of the season where we're like, oh my god, this guy might be better than Baker, and oh my god, this guy might win the Heisman because <laughs> we 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 were a little nitpicky with him. But um, anyways, I want to ask, what what's what's y'all's uh, favorite game, Kyler, uh, of the uh, Kyler Heisman season? There's some good ones in there. I I'll go first. I feel like I have an unconventional one, uh, and I'm not doing this for the sake of being unconventional. And I'm not. I'm also not doing this for the sake of tooting my own horn. But 2017, so Baker's year uh, against West Virginia. So obviously, the corrupt NCAA saw fit to punish Baker for nothing against Kansas. He did nothing wrong. I will reiterate that. Uh, and they chose to lash out against him because he was doing too good. So Kyler had to start the game. Kyler Murray comes out against West Virginia. And let me just read you his stats for the game. Keep in mind, so he had played before. This was not his first time uh, registering snaps, though. He played against UTEP. He was in an absolute garbage time against uh, Ohio State, I believe. He played a couple snaps against Tulane. um, And then he he played a couple snaps against Kansas as well. 
Kyler Murray starts the game. So technically the starter because Baker's out. He comes out, his stats for the game, he started the game with a, I believe, 66-yard run. And right then I knew. And I'm not, I'm not trying to toot my own horn because I think many other Oklahoma fans knew this too. Wright starts out the game 66-yard rush. He finished the game with three rushes for 80 yards, so averaging 26.7. He had two passes, two completions for 52 yards and a touchdown. In that game against West Virginia on November 25th, I knew that we were in good hands, better hands. Who knows? It's a, They were equally as good when they were at OU. And it was beyond a special time. And I just think like 2018 was the full course that was delicious, but that appetizer against West Virginia in 2017, when you knew what was coming, if you were paying attention, you saw it. The rest of the Big 12 saw it and they knew, oh God, there's not going to be a break from this Oklahoma quarterback onslaught. It might even get worse. It's about to get worse. That is my absolute favorite Kyler OU game. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was quite a moment. And it, it's funny looking back on it now, thinking about Lincoln Riley trying to spin that there was a quarterback battle and that we didn't, that it was, we didn't know Kyler was going to be the starting quarterback. He said it was neck and neck, I believe. I'm like, no, no. He's always been this good. He's always been that insane. Um, but uh, yeah, no, Jameson, what's your favorite Kyler game? It's got to be the rematch from the Texas game, the Big 12 championship. There's no doubt in my mind that game is so fun. And obviously, we still had some scars. Anytime you lose to Texas and you can come back and you can beat them, it's just such a beautiful game. Being at that one, trash talking Texas fans and having that game kind of under control felt so good. And Kyler Murray had a problem with turnovers in that Texas game and the Red River rivalry. Three touchdowns, zero interceptions in the championship game. Felt like it was under control. Just, I think, even though it was a little bit close, I think we thoroughly handed a big fat L to Texas, and they didn't have much to say about it. Yeah, no, Kyler was awesome in that one. And not only that, that was definitely the game of the season to me. Um, It's my favorite Big 12 championship by far. The way it happened with the Ellinger sack in the end zone yes, and everything. It was, oh, it was so that fourth quarter. That fourth quarter, we just pounded it because it was tied going into the fourth. And, you know, like it was tied, but it's like, oh, like we really were playing a lot better than them. And then we just shut them out. Yeah. Had that Calcaterra or Calcaterra, like a little one handed catch. Um, yeah. No, I mean, it's just an epic, epic game. Um, but for me, my, my favorite Kyler game is the one that happened right before that. Uh, the 59-56 win at West Virginia, do or die on Black Friday. It was an absolute unreal performance um, from OU there. Uh, stakes were high. Obviously, everything was so intense going into that one. It was um, you know, a, a cold, crappy game. But Kyler Murray stepped up. Uh, he had 364 yards, three touchdowns, uh, through the air and then uh, on the ground 114 yards uh, capped off by a 55 yard touchdown that was just a dagger and mountaineer hearts um, that to me was his was the the pinnacle of Kyler Murray at OU just doing everything he could to will his team to victory despite all the odds 
uh, despite how, how how shoddy the defense was that particular year with the uh, Mike Stoops, Ruffin McNeil uh, coach defense. Just oh, man, that <laughs> a disaster. Ruffin McNeil just made me smile. It just brought back Mims. <laughs> Ruffin. Uh, yeah, that, that defense completely failed, Kyler. And it's it's unfortunate he, he didn't get a chance to do more. Um, I think. I don't know. I think with a decent defense, that Alabama game could have been way more interesting. Um, yeah. You know, as outside of that first quarter, it was it was it was a pretty tight game, and I know Miss Saban was probably managing it differently, but he can't. He I I, like, Saban Saban I did say Saban did say they we gave him gave him some troubles down the line. Yeah, what else are they going to say? Obviously, it gave them some troubles because they weren't trying as hard. That game was an utter blowout, and we got demolished. And our offense obviously looked like we were handicapped, too. And wasn't it was Hollywood's fault, really, because of him being hurt. hurt. Not his fault, but no, I'm not saying, like, fault's fault. But, like, it was more because of, like, not having, like, one of your best players, if not the, you know, second best player on the team, uh, up to par and healthy. Yeah, it just it just took him out, but... Um, last little Kyler question, just really quick, kind of yes or no, couple sentences. Is Kyler Murray the best sooner quarterback of all time? No, most talented. Okay. Ty, what do you think? Uh, neither. So most talented is Troy Aikman. Um, <laughs> cool. best is Baker Mayfield. Or Sam. I, 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 Sam is up there too. I, I will say. I, Sam may be better than, than Baker because Sam at least got us to a, a, a national championship game. So there is that. Yeah, I, I think it's a debate. I think Kyler is more talented, but you know, with the one year, it's kind of hard to call him the best just because he only had one full season. It is unfortunate he didn't get more of a stagger. Uh, I still think one of the more interesting what ifs is what if Baker's uh, appeal got denied. He didn't get that last year. And then you have Kyler in 2017 instead of Baker. What would have happened? Um, I think that could have been a pretty intriguing what if. Probably the same thing. But uh, because. You would have had a little bit of growing pains, kind of like we did in the early part of the year. But the postseason would have been really interesting. Yeah. They don't beat yeah. uh, Ohio State and Columbus. You, don't, you wouldn't no. think so. Uh uh-uh. uh. No way. That was all Baker's um, seasoned. You know, Moxie, all of that. You know that that cut came from from three years of going through the grind. Rosie's freaking out. Yeah, Rosie has some opinions about what you're saying right now. <laughs> Rosie's a, Rosie's like, no one mentioned Jalen. <laughs> She's the like, no love for Landry quarterback. Jones. The highest paid quarterback in NFL. Come on. That's true. That's true. But. um See notes, pros projections. We already said it's going to be him holding the ball out like a yeah. And if they don't, it's going to be if they just do a basic throwing motion. Come on, you've got to be him him running. It's got to be his little scramble for sure. Um, All right, let's move on. I'm going against. Just for the record, I'm going against just because of how they went with Baker's, where they had to revise it so they didn't look like he had Peyton Manning's forehead. (laughs) They put a Nike (laughs) little on there. Oh, okay. right. Because of his they, they do, thing, they do yeah. not follow the democratic process when it comes to the uh, the poses. Uh, yeah, but the been. thing, but the the flag planting is just a very very difficult. Like you get Michelangelo. The, you know, the flag planting is not the one that I voted for, but okay. Okay, gotcha. Oh, 
Ah, uh, yes, indeed, indubitably. Excuse me, I I know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh yeah, the the Kansas. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, there's Bobby. I, he's he's showed up to the party now. <laughs> it, it it clicked. It clicked. But no, yeah, Baker's um, the flag plant wasn't going to happen. I, I I still think we should celebrate that more because it was really awesome. Freaking Michigan out here. They they have like preserved the flag from their way more inferior flag plant. It's just like, oh come on. Like we we need we need to be a little cooler there. But um anyways, look, Jameson, I believe you have a pretty big announcement for us uh as it relates to spring game. What is going on on Saturday? What you got doing? If y'all are listeners to this podcast and loyal listeners, you would know. Y'all talk about hot dogs way too damn much. Why is it always in your punishments? Last year for our, you know, our college pick 'em challenge, it was you had to eat a hot dog a day for what was it, two weeks, Bobby? Um, it wasn't two weeks. Week. It, was it was a full just, week. It was just one week. Um, and then a double and dog. This, and, a double and dog. Then, yes. And then this year, um, Ty will be doing the nine 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 challenge. Um, in uh, what's the math on that? What would that be? Uh, Whatever, a week from Saturday, a week from the spring yeah, game. I'm not, not this Saturday, but th- not this Saturday, but next. Um, so what do you think I should do? I'm scrolling through social media and I see a sponsored ad from Oklahoma football. Apply to be in the hot dog eating competition before the game. And I said that I was made for this. I was absolutely made for this. I sent a wonderful application saying, you know, two times speed eating hot dog champion. I didn't say Kirk because that's Bobby. I'll give him his credibility on that. Um, Thank you. And um, kind of hit their heartstrings a little bit, you know, like this might be my last game in Norman for a little bit because I'm moving. And what do you know? Got a text and I'll be performing in the Schwab's hot dog eating competition um, about an hour after the Kyler Murray statue. So the Kyler Murray st- statue will be at 11, 1130 in Heisman Park on the east side of the stadium. Come see me guzzle down as many hot dogs as I can in 10 minutes at 12.30, north side of the stadium, um, where like the little festivities will be going on that they'll have the, up there. The party I'll at the be palace. Ready. Party at the palace, yes. yes. I'll be ready, and I'm going to – so the winner last year took down 10. I there, If I only take down 10, I'm going to be disappointed in myself. Well, Jameson, we'll be there on site. I'll be there recording the whole thing. We'll, we'll have to dust off the old uh, – I, actually, you know what? I think we can go live on YouTube. I, I will. I will film you. Please, so you, if you can't it. make it to uh, the north side of the stadium to watch Jameson guzzle them dogs down, I will film it for y'all. We'll make sure to have full coverage. The Scooter Pod, you know, we'll keep you advised. Uh, I'll let you know. I'll be on site. Uh, you know, and who knows? Maybe we'll uh, get some post uh, post uh, dog eating uh, words from the man himself. We'll see how it goes. Uh, either it's going to go horrible or great. I don't know, but we will be there to, uh, to document the whole thing. Oh, yeah. It's going to be For so sure. glorious. Yeah, and, I, I, y'all, y'all should color comment it as well. Give me, give yes. me some analysis. Throughout. College game day. We'll do college <laughs> game day. For the, the, the thing. Big noon Saturday, dude. Big noon kickoff. You got it this weekend. If y'all don't know what I look like, if you haven't been watching on YouTube, I'm probably going to look the stupidest there. That's kind of my goal. So if you don't know which one I am, I'm probably the one wearing some stupid hat. I'm not going to reveal what it is. Real ones know what I'm wearing, but I'm going to be looking pretty stupid. You know what we should do is we should establish a uh, an over-under. So for, for the fans listening, 
Uh, last year, uh, Jameson, you can correct me on this because you told me this, but last year it was a 10-minute time limit, and the winner got 10 dogs down, yeah. so one one per minute in 10 minutes. To me, that sounds kind of beatable, and I am, as as we know, not a uh, not an eater. So that uh, that will be interesting to see. I, I think I think we should get together and establish a line. Maybe get Boat and Blake on and get some gambling predictions. Obviously, we can't gamble on this as it is in Oklahoma, uh, and that's I guess we no longer endorse gambling on this podcast. No, uh, yeah, I don't really know how it works, honestly. Um, within Oklahoma, but yeah, maybe we'll get a little line together, some predictions, some uh, non-financially tied predictions. The Schooner Pod for, uh, Sports. How book. many? How many glizzies Jameson can guzzle? <laughs> That's going to be think, what brings think, the pod do down. Think, is, do you think is ten underground is underground like gambling and hot dog eating? I think Sorry. you get more than ten. I think you get more than ten. Not not to I spoil it, but I, I think it's. I think it's, I mean, obviously it's kind of dependent on the dog and, and what, what, uh, you know, equipment, you know, do you get the standard water cup that is industry standard for hot dog eating contests? Yeah, that is know? a big thing. I should bring in my own um, cup. You're a good, you're making a very good point here. But yeah, if they don't, if they don't give you a cup, you know, that would be, that would be a crime. I would definitely bring your own, but e- even with a cup, you know, I, unwatered buns obviously makes it a little harder but i i i believe in you i think you get more than 10 i don't necessarily want to reveal my prediction but uh certainly it's more than 10 i would i need to bring a big jug of water a big souvenir like an old ou stadium cup and uh maybe something a little bit sweeter like a gatorade or something to help me get this down because for people that don't know my history of competitive eating i feel like you should know statistics before you go into this um, we've only kind of done speed as like a group, like on this podcast, but, um, in terms of, you know, endurance, um, which we'll be doing here on Saturday, my only endurance eating competition that I did is I did those big old breaded chicken nuggets from like great value. Just to, that just destroy your mouth. Like you, these are not ones you're popping like Chick-fil-A nuggets. These are the big old nuggets. And I took down 40 of those in 10 minutes. So how many hot dogs can I eat? I don't know. I feel like I can at least do a fourth of the nuggets that I did. I think you could do, I think you could do, I think you can beat 10. I believe in you. Let's look. I mean, I need to go look up, honestly, like what are like the last place people in the Nathan's hot dog eating competition getting? Yeah. So let's look at, let's look at the Nathan's hot dog eating competition results from last year. So that's uh, a, because I'm curious, like how, what, what is the the barrier for like a last place was twenty, dog? and so that makes me nervous. Like last place got twenty, you know, like these are professionals here, right? Well, yeah, I, yeah. professional I, I just mean, means you get paid for what you do. Well, I didn't get. <laughs> I, I'm getting prof- two complimentary spring game tickets for this. Thank you, Oklahoma. Yeah, so legally, uh, I think that that would be a recruiting violation. You are, in fact, I I lost my eligibility. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, man, if it wasn't for those injuries back in high school, who knows what it could have been with my eligibility? <laughs> who knows if, if it didn't take out my knee? <laughs> oh my god! But I'm excited. I everyone listening that whether you're my friend or not, come check me out. Uh, north side of the stadium 
1230, an hour after that Kyler Murray statue reveal. You'll see the Kyler Murray statue reveal. Just waltz your way over just a couple more um, steps. Come check me out um, as I will be doing the two wiener and then buns in water strategy. Two wieners at a time. Have you done any practice? Like, no, I thought I was going to do it last weekend, but then I said, you know what? Screw it. Let's just, let's go do it live. You're just trying to go in raw? Yes, I'm going to raw, raw dog it. Yes. Okay. That's I think that's where we end the podcast. Any final thoughts there, Ty? Nope. <laughs> okay. Let's, 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 let's wrap this one up. Okay, everyone. Thank y'all so much for listening to uh, this edition of the Schooner Pod. Um, we would love to see you out on Saturday if you're in town. Um, make sure to check out Jameson. It's going to be a sight to see. It's going to be fun. Um, and uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing the Sooners on Saturday. So we'll be back. We'll be back next week to break down the action. Um, and yeah, get 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 excited. Get excited for that nine nine nine. It's coming. It's coming. It's like this close. So a uh, lot of hot talk related content coming Woo! your way for some reason. Uh, oh, we on the span of a couple weeks. <laughs> but anyways, for me, Jameson and Ty, this has been the Schooner Pod. Thank you so much for watching or listening. We'll see you next time. Boomer Sooner, everybody. <laughs>